In the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they ravaged the Ammonites, and they besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. It happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house that he saw from the roof a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful. 2 Samuel chapter 11. Hey, I want to take a moment and welcome everybody back to Sons of Valor, our podcast. I'm in the studio right now with my great friend Steve Castle and Ryan Evan. Let's go. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan. (laughs) Hey, this is really fun, guys. We've been working on Grace Ops for a couple years. It's all launching and rolling out, and there's so much that we're going to be putting into this, so much energy, so much content development. Uh, we're really amped, and so it's great to have Steve here in the in the in the studio, the physical Steve, studio. Yeah, this Steve time. lives like an hour away, and he's going to be doing some great things on this podcast. And so we're here today to discuss that spring is the time that kings go to war, and King David, a man after God's own heart, that all the men on this podcast uh, can relate to, and we're we're definitely open to having women part of this brand and tribe as well. We, we, uh, we aim it towards men because our heart is to bring men into the conversation and bring men into this the discussion. So we're here today looking at a time in David's life when the kings, it was springtime, and it's a, that's the time kings go to war. David, it says in, in what I read in the opening, he sent his servants to go. He sent all Israel to go. He sent Joab to go. And it says, but David remained at Jerusalem. And right there at the beginning of the story, we see a man who is is one of the most uh, recognized men of God in all of Scripture, in all of history. Here we see a man of God usurping his responsibility um, to his kingly duties and to his duties as a man of God. This is where it always starts. And this has been happening in our society for way too long where we've been given permission as men to usurp our responsibilities. There's 51% of America right now of every child that's born is born fatherless, which is the most horrendous stat that we could ever possibly imagine. The only thing close to 51% was during World War II where the men were dying on the battlefield. And so now we have a society That is usurping their responsibilities as fathers, usurping their responsibilities as husbands, and obviously usurping their responsibilities as kings, which is what we're all called into. Yeah, it's it's looking yourself as a king is is sometimes hard to do. I mean, it's kind of hard to get your eyes off of uh, your, your modern life or your your lowly life, you know, to think like a king is different in this day and age. But Jesus gives us that permission and salvation. He gives us the, you know, because we're a king and priest, because he was a king and priest. So that makes us a king and priest unto him. So right out of the shoots, it's like if spring is the time kings go to war, you know, which could be used as some type of metaphor or springboard into your own life, like your own, like what is your hand supposed to be doing? What's your assignment? What are you supposed to be focusing on? And when we stay home from those things and we send other things to do it, or we send other people or other energies to do it, or we just neglect it, 
then all of a sudden we've got this thing, right? We've got this, this, you're walking around on your, on the King's roof, right? And he, he starts to peer over and, and he gets mesmerized by the beauty of, uh, of a married woman in his kingdom. And he, he goes and does the research. Who is she? Where does she live? And he sent for her. I mean, he, he knew what he wanted. He saw her bathing and he, I mean, come on, we're, we're this is a podcast for men, right? I mean, you know, the, the battle of the eye, right? The battle of the flesh. Which is a, a powerful statement. He's seen what he wanted and he went and got it himself. You know, this is no this shame, is, right? The king, like, and like, this is working against the dynamic of what was going on. If he really wanted to be king, if he really wanted to accomplish what God had called him to do, he would have been at war. But because right. of that, he decided to find a secondary purpose in life, which was go get Bathsheba. Right. Like, and I'll never forget, like, I, I'll be kind of transparent here, but when I was younger, like in my teen years, I remember being in a store and I saw like a swimsuit version of some magazine and I picked it up and I was like, I'm going to go buy this. I want to take this home, right? It's kind of like a David and Bathsheba moment, right? Like I'm, I'm at a, a magazine rack that I shouldn't have been at, peering on, you know, images I shouldn't have been looking at, and it was just a swimsuit issue, right? So, I, but I, I got close to the counter, and I couldn't buy it. I had too much shame. I couldn't face the woman that I was going to check me out, right? like staring you down on the counter. So I'm sitting there. I remember like ditching the magazine, like eh, I'm not buying that. I just walked out. But like, think about a king. Think about King David. You bought the Reese's though. Well, the, yeah, the extra large ones, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, but think about David, and he, there's no shame. I mean, this is a guy who got anointed, kills Goliath, right? Becomes epic famous. You know, we've been talking about David in this podcast last couple episodes. I mean, this is a remarkable young guy. I mean, this is a powerful man of God, and he's anointed by God. He's got the anointing of God on his life, and he's, I don't know. I mean, the, to I, I would, I, you have to push past so many barriers to be the king because yep. you had to ask your people to go find out who she was and they all know she, he, she was married and they all know she went up to your chambers. You know, and I guess as a king, some, you know, you could be like, whatever, I'm the king, do whatever I want. But David, come on, man. I mean, like, where's the, and, he, and he's the, there's no shame. There's no tent. There's no, the, you know what I mean? Like, I can't even buy a swimsuit issue. <laughs> he's the, he's the king of a godly nation. Like the nation of Israel was, founded under the concepts that they are going to be the nation of God. It's a godly nation. And all the theologians have agreed that Uriah and Bathsheba living so close to the palace, they had to be very close to the king. We know that Uriah was one of David's mighty men. And so Uriah basically was a close friend, a close confidant of David. And so you would think that that would be another another stop gap that would stop him from following through with the adultery yeah, like with her be- because it's like his was not just anybody's wife it's or daughter just, and my, not just some my random friends, chick right like, like this is my one of my best buddies like that's like gal. one of us right like oh right. you know, your wife or your you know like no i i love both of you too much i would never even entertain that so the this radicals is the this is the guy who went through exile with me this is the guy who right. was in the cave of a with me this is the guy that you know was a part of the 300 that went and killed the <laughs> philistine so i could get a cup of water guy like this is that guy right this is and i'm gonna take men. his wife like, right yeah. like this night it's, he's out and he's out defending israel right now it's intense and one of the right, like, one wow. of the applicable dynamics here is that you know a lot of guys think like it's not that bad 
you know, like some of the problems in my life, I don't necessarily have to deal with them or address them because they're really not that bad. I'm not committing adultery. I'm not committing a, a murder. And so it's not that bad. I don't really need to deal with this. But we got to understand that the fact that David was able to degrade himself so deeply and so badly that he got to the point of adultery with his, one of his best friend's wives and then murdered his best friend over the ordeal. He didn't start there. That's where the story, that's where the peak, the pinnacle of the story was, which means you got to understand that the, the, the slow degression that was going on in David's heart started somewhere. And that's one of the things that we want to impact the guys that are out there is wherever you are, if you are not progressing towards the high calling of the mark of Christ Jesus, then you are decressing, you are degressing towards some other mark that could potentially end in adultery and murder. Yeah. And I think that, that that's a good point that we will be talking about this for decades, but the power of a band of brothers in your life, right? You know, there, so David's drifting from the assignment and the ruling responsibilities of a king and he's finding himself at home i mean you think about that what's that statement the enemy's playground is idle hands idle hands is enemy's playground so here he is all of his people are gone the fighting men are gone the guys he likes hanging around are gone his band of brothers are gone and there he is where he maybe he wanted to be there maybe he want maybe it was his own setup you know so that's, that's why i'm good friends with steve i'm good friends with ryan i guess i got a few good friends in my life where if they see me drifting they pick up on something, you know, even discerning through just a prayer time or they see some kind of comment or they see they you'll come to me and you I'll come to you guys. And think about this. You know, Samuel was the one that anointed David king. So Samuel was one of those band of brothers, so to say. He was a he was a stopgap in David's life. He was someone that was going to hold him accountable. He was someone that was uh, above him, so to say, that uh, that was going to counsel him and make sure that he understood what he was called. Samuel died. Samuel's dead. And so you could see in David's life this this isolation or this lack of accountability that had been established because now he's the king. Like he's the he's the top guy on the rack and Samuel's dead. And that other prophet fell and Nathan, ah, you know, maybe he's not that important. He's and not so, as prominent as Samuel. Right. He's not Samuel quality. <laughs> right. He's just a regular prophet. And I wonder how often we think about the fact that if we allow ourselves to be the person on the throne, that we don't submit to the people that God has placed in our lives because we have delineated them. We don't put them into that place of giving us the ability to be counseled and to be held accountable. Then we lose that aspect of what the father wants to do in that band of brothers that he has placed in our life. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Uriah real quick, because when I read through the story, Uriah is actually kind of like a David type. I mean, this is Uriah is a, the better he is a man of valor in this story. You know, I mean, like this guy, you would you would almost read what he did to be almost like something David would do. You know, so Bathsheba and and David they 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 hook up for the night. She gets knocked up, right? She sends him word, "Hey, I'm with child." So David's like, "Oh man, I got to cover my tracks. We'll just invite Uriah home. We'll send him down. Uh, we'll send him home." What does he do? He stays at the palace. He sleeps on the porch of the palace. And then when David hears about it, he's like, well, why didn't you go home? And he's like, well, I can't because Israel's fighting and the ark is there and the army's there. And like, 
Like it's too holy of a thing for me to go be intimate with my wife. I mean, what a man. Like, I mean, I put, I'm like, there's no way I would say that. Right. Like I would, the King told me to go home. I don't know. Maybe I would sleep on the palace porch, but that'd be a tough one to be honest with you guys. Right. Then David gets him drunk the next night. And thinks, he still, thinks he'll go home and he, and he, and then you think about it, right? David writes the letter and seals it in, in Uriah's carrying his own death warrant in his hand to take to Joab. Wow. Right. Yeah. Like, for all you, all you fellows out there, like th- this would Uriah be is a like great, a man of valor. Right? I mean, you're, <laughs> like he's a David. You're he's only a, talking about dude. two chapters in the Bible. Like this would be a, a great read, read yeah. and, and literally um, see and picture yourself in some of these different situations because literally like what Brian's talking about is, is this picture. There's these two men, you got the man Uriah and you got the King David and Uriah is actually being more of a godly King in this situation than the godly King is. They've literally swapped positions. Uriah ends up dying over King David's, um, his own in, uh, inside interpersonal inabilities to keep himself guided by the things of God. And he, Uriah ends up being the one that dies. <clears throat> that's one of the things that's important for us to understand is that it, our choices and what we're doing in our life, it ain't about us. It is very, it has very little to do with us through the course of this story. Uriah dies um, Joab loses honor and respect for David. That's his high general. This eventually ends up getting into a civil war. Tens of thousands of people die. Hundreds of thousands of people die. One of your, one of David's daughters ends up getting raped by another son. Like this turns into one of the most terrible parts of all of scripture, yeah, all I mean, because of the deficit of, of one man at Bathsheba one night and having her in your chambers that one night. Right. It did like, cause it goes on and, you know, in the next chapter, Nathan delivers what God's going to do, you know, and that, and, and David lives that out for the rest of his life. You know, those consequences, we know this and that we even have a statement about this. You know, I am the, I'm the king of my own castle. You know, my home, my family is basically like my castle. It's, it's my, it's what I'm supposed to rule over. And so some guys think, well, well I'm not in charge of a ton. So I guess my decisions don't matter. No, you have no idea how each one of your decisions, even if it just affects one person, even if it just affects your children, even if it just affects your neighbor, your coworkers, who knows what one negative effect, what that could snowball into in devastation. But then also the other side, the well, positive and, side. And you're right? also talking about the, the generational, right? The generational curse, like the sins of the father will be passed down from the generation to generation. Like at some point, somebody has got to step into the gap right. and break that cycle. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, like, yeah, it's intense, man. It's intense. Eighty six. We've got to be aware uh, of what we're doing, you know, and we've got to have brothers. We've got to have brothers around us during these times to call us out. Like, call me onto that threshing floor, you know, and let him thresh me. Let let him search every wicked way within me. You know what I mean? Like, we've got to have people around us, brothers around us, that are willing um, are willing to confront us on those levels. You know what I mean? And we've got to be willing too to open up, right, and say. And again, like like we were talking about this earlier, where, where we're saying it didn't start here. No. Right. This this was the fruition of something that had already started. And, you know, and I keep thinking about how how the eyes are the gateway. You know what I mean? Like 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 the sin started because his eyes weren't fixed on the assignment that God had given him to be at war during this season. 
you know, um, and, and, and the eye is the same gateway that led him into this trap, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here, um, you know, because I'm not engaged in my assignment because I'm not engaged on the, on the battlefield. Um, I'm not leaving out my call. I'm not being engaged with other brothers, right. Who are in the fight. I've kind of pulled away, you know, for whatever reason, right there, we, we all find ourselves in seasons where you want to like pull away, isolate yourself. Um, and in that process, you set yourself up to be ensnared, you know? Um, and, and, and I, I, that's just what I'm seeing in that this, this whole story with David, you know, uh, is, is that guys, we gotta be, we gotta be, we, we gotta know what we're beholding. You know, we gotta fix our gaze, um, first on God and secondly on that assignment. And like, certainly what, what David knew doing? that, right? Yeah. I mean, certainly this is a man literally after God's he own knew. heart. I mean, the <laughs> Psalmist, I mean, so the point is right. That we all stumble. I mean, Absolutely. God gave David to us as an example, 100%. you know, and thankfully, him, thankfully, him right. I mean, his own heart. In this story, I love the, the, this fall, David had some other mistakes, but this fall of his brings me so much hope because I can identify with it on almost every level because you, th- you think of like the next chapter, right? So Uriah, he sees his fate. They go into battle there and they all pull back. And Uriah dies by the sword. News gets back to David. So David thinks, okay, good. I've covered my tracks. This is over with. And then Nathan comes along, the prophet, and he begins with a story and he, and David's infuriated, you know, like, well, whoever did this is going to be, you know, they're going to, he's die like, the death. and then Nathan's like, you did this, you know, the Nathan's yeah. like, the Nathan's like, you're the one that did this, which took guts. Cause if David killed Uriah, why couldn't David kill Nathan? Right. So, I mean, depending on how far out David want to go, but David, so why I like this part of the story is that David doesn't, he's not like, he's not like telling on himself. It's not like David went to the prophet and was like, oh man, you know, I really sinned against the Lord. Like, you know, cause it, it, it ends the, the end of that Bathsheba moment. He Bathsheba, Bathsheba moment. David, it, it says this thing right there. The thing David did displeased the Lord. Amen. And he just blew past it. Right. So like yep. we do that sometimes in our lives, we blow past it, but then the prophet shows up this man of God and he, and he brings us, you know, he has the ability to bring you to your senses. You know, but so David has, so I like that about the story because David didn't tell on himself. David got totally busted. He got caught and, and it's like, God, you gave us David so that we could be men after your own heart. But you gave us a man who I can identify with his strengths and his weaknesses, his imperfections. Like I can identify with her. It's not like some squeaky clean guy <laughs> that, that I'm like, well, I don't, well, thanks God for giving me that guy as an example. Cause I don't, you know. I mean, that's always encouraged me. And that, that, that also brings up another thing, too. When we're talking about this band of brother, band of brothers aspect of what needs to be a part of your life at, that we're trying to, to deviate here at Grace Ops, um, you need to understand that you don't just get some dude. Like, this isn't get your, get your three guy pals and just tell them, like, hey, if you see me doing something stupid, tell me. Like, you need to have a man of God as part of your band of brothers. Like, don't just go get some guys that think like you act like you talk like you walk like you get people on purpose that are going to hold you accountable. 
Go get a good solid man that's a pastor. Go get a good solid man that's a that leads a men's group at church. Get someone well, who's key, really going to hold you the, accountable. And the, and the key, to like what you're bringing up, is like the, like flesh and blood brothers. You know, um, this podcast isn't a flesh and blood brother to you, right? Like there's a lot of kingdom resources out there. So just because you're listening to the right things or you're downloading the right things that, you know, I mean, we're pastors and it doesn't replace the whole concept of the gathering, the physical gathering, like, you know, going to a church. I believe in the gathering of the saints. I believe in the camaraderie of the brothers. We got to be with each other. We got to have coffee. We got to get face to face time. How are you doing? You know, we've got to have those and, and you've got to have questions. at least one person, right? Like there's a lot of guys out there that are island unto themselves. You got to get at least one person that you can actually feel, build the camaraderie and the trust where you can actually open up about things in your life. And not even just open up, but also have someone else challenge you. Hey, hey, Brian, how's your sexuality? How's your relationship with your wife? Hey, Ryan, how are you doing with your finances? Are you are you doing the right thing towards your family? You know, are you, do you have the right habits in your life? Like, we need to literally allow people to well, what ask about those Ryan's kind of questions and be accountable. Ask me about my sexuality and not <laughs> well, we, Ryan. I mean, that's just, we know. Wrong, I mean, if man. one of the two of you are going to fail, <laughs> we know <laughs> <That's> who. <wrong. laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Ryan has more money than you. That's why. <laughs> so here's the thing. David gets brought to his senses. By this, he realizes he he gets it. Now, this has been how long, how much time has passed, right? I mean, he's, he thought he got away with it. <laughs> it's it's over nine months. And here he is. <laughs> here he is. Like this, I love this about David too, right? So he's not, he's getting busted, but he's also putting his heart for God on display because David goes in and writes Psalm 51 right out of this you know, creating me a clean heart, you know, he, he, so he, so I think about this, right. Was, is it like 18 verses Psalm 51? Yeah. 19. Yep. Okay. 19 verses. Think about that. David's repentance was 19 verses. And a lot of times we've reduced our repentance down to, Oh, I'm sorry, God, I didn't sorry. mean to do that. And these are, these are I mean, some you know of what I mean? Most- like, Oh, I'm sorry, God, I didn't mean to do that. Oh, I know you love me and your grace is your mercy is new every day. You're kind to me. <laughs> You know, we don't take the time maybe to actually maybe sit down and pen out in a journal. You know, and here you know. here's one of the radical thoughts is that um, we don't know exactly when Nathan showed up and called David out for his ungodliness, but there was a long, long time of David stewing in his juices. Yeah. Because from from day of conception until he finally had the baby, because he didn't write Psalm 51 until after the baby yeah, right, and right. after the death <laughs> of the baby right. and all of that. So that was the real core repentance part. And so we're talking nine months. So how long did David like go to bed, wake up, spend all day knowing that he had violated his best friend, one of his best friends, he had violated his wife, that she was pregnant, you know, and he knew that that verse that you just read, Brian, about that the thing displeased the Lord. Don't you know, David knew that every day, every day he woke up and he knew that he was living a life and living a lie that was displeasing unto God but yet still push through. And this, this happens a ton with guys. We're like, man, I know I'm off. I know things aren't right, but I'm just going to go to the next day. I know things are off. I know things ain't right. I know I'm not right with my wife. I know I'm not right with my kids, but I'm just pushing through the next day. 
I'm just right. pushing through the next day. And the, the point is, is that he could have saved himself a ton of misery had he come to grips with this before and he had gone to the Lord before and it wouldn't even have had to gone through the Nathan situation. He could have just went to the Lord and said, man, I have totally screwed up because God didn't forgive him more because Nathan called him out. God was willing to forgive him whenever he came to him in repentance. But David just refused to go to that place of repentance until he was literally called out. Yeah, I mean, but you just think about all of these facets of the story gives me great hope. <laughs> because, like, you know, he didn't tell on himself. Is there something that you want to talk delaying, about, Brian, he's before delaying, we... He's delaying, Well, you know, because we've done all this, right? So it's like, it's a beautiful thing when I can find, you know, David is. He ends up as a man after God's own heart. He's a son of valor. You know, and, and so I, I find great hope in how he... How the story unfolds, you know, I can relate to all of the failure, all of the blowups. And I can also, I can also relate to the, to the great depth of repentance he had too. Amen. Yep. You know, and I, and one of the greatest pieces of advice that I've ever gotten and it, you know, I'm a man of responsibility. I love to walk in responsibility. You know, that would, that's like a kingly thing. Face what you're afraid of. Face it, right? Like David blew off this whole thing for nine months. But Nathan made him face it. He still could have faced it wrong, but he didn't. He faced it right. But like, you know, you think about like what you brought up, Steve, like, you know, is your marriage struggling? Face it. Is your, you got a bad problem with one of your children? Face it. Do you have, do you have problems with your budget? Are you going in debt? Are you being irresponsible? Face it. Right. Cause, cause otherwise there's going to be this, this never ending temptation for you to stare at women bathing, right? For you to download some app or you to get trapped in some distraction, some numbing kind of factor. When we got to be men, sons of valor, we face mm-hmm. our fears. You know, we face them. We, and that's, there's again, the band of brothers helps us face those things. So. And the, the new Testament version of this, you know, James talks about it. Um, that when uh, temptation comes, First, it has to be conceived. It's conceived in your thought life. And then eventually, after it's conceived, is when it brings forth. You know, and that's one of the things that Brian's highlighting here. If you if you address things that you know are problematic in your life before they end up basically giving birth, it's a ton easier to practice abstinence than it is to try to either abort or murder the baby. And that's one of the things that that needs to be highlighted for all of us godly men is that when you know something's off, it's a whole lot easier to get to it when it starts than to wait until this thing has already developed a web in your life. And now you got to go and untangle the web and try to work your way back out of something that you shouldn't have been in the first place. Would have been better off if David would have been standing up on top of his castle and said, what the crap am I doing? I'm up here staring at my war. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I know. I'm up here staring at my best friend's wife. I'm right. getting all hot and bothered over somebody else's wife. I'm supposed to be at war. It's the middle of the morning. I just, or it's the middle of the afternoon. I just woke up. You know, my life is completely out of line and I need to get back. It would have been a ton easier for him to just go off to war, apologize to all the war buddies, apologize to Joab and right. get back on his destiny than it would have been to go through this entire thing. Now you got dead babies. You end up in a civil war, all these other family things. Family problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrible, terrible family problems. Bad bad consequences bad consequences one of my favorite parts in psalm 51 where brian was alluding to and i and we encourage all the guys out there after you read um second samuel 
go read Psalm 51, which was David's oversight of what just happened. And one of my favorite uh, parts there was that he said in verse um, in verse three, he says, I know my transgressions, my sin is ever before me. You know, he became right. really legitimately aware. But verse four, it starts out, it says, against you and you only have I sinned. And this is one of those radical things that people don't understand this. Like this isn't, this wasn't just him violating Bathsheba. This wasn't him just violating Uriah. Like to David, the his relationship and his right standing with God was of paramount, paramount, uh, uh, deep, deep importance in his heart. And so when he came to legitimate repentance, he realized that this wasn't about Uriah. This wasn't just about Bathsheba. This wasn't about a baby that died because of it. Like he had violated his relationship with God. Yes. Yeah, I mean, and people just don't David worry about that anymore. Displeased the Lord. Right. And that's what got him right. ultimately more than anything. Right. If you're if you're just keeping yourself uh and here here's the application. So if you're just living whatever life you are to make sure that everybody else around you is pleased, then the best you're gonna get is the morality of society. And right. just so you know, in society, in California, now it's legal to have sex with a 14-year-old. And in other places, it's, you know, bestiality is legal. In other states, they're trying to legal legalize polygamy and some other. Right. So if you're just having and all, the morale, and all the false science reports, prove it. <laughs> right. All the false <laughs> science. <laughs> so if you're just trying to if you're just trying to obtain to the morality of society, then you are going to continually to, to have your heart deviated into the form of satanic uh, activity. But if you understand that, number one that against you and you only have I sinned. That is radical. Now you are on purpose trying to stay right before God because of God. Not because you're trying to please your wife, not because you're trying to make your pastor proud of you, not because you're trying to make your band of brothers say like, man, in our band of brothers, like Steve is the most holy. It's not about that. It's are you on purpose because you value your relationship and your intimacy with God? Are you keeping that right? And is that itself holding you accountable as well? Right. And so we've talked about how David had this time period. We don't think about it because we read the chapters and we think, oh, you know, the next day Nathan walks in, you know, but you're saying it's in that nine month period of time while Bathsheba's pregnant. And so here's this this Psalm 51, right? So Psalm 51 means a lot, lot to me. It's actually been very life-changing to me because Saul, the first King of Israel, he, you know, I don't want to throw him on the bus entirely. I mean, he did some good things, right? But he, he ultimately, the big mistake he made was he had fear of man and he, he was always getting tripped up in the sinful fear of man, making sure man was more happy than God was happy. And Samuel's like, you know, even from the dead, telling them you're, you're, <laughs> you're toast is so funny, dude. He, he anyway, we won't get into that, but there's a, it's, it's just Samuel confronts Saul and Saul doesn't write Psalm 51. Saul doesn't repent. And the spirit of God had been removed from Saul. And we, so David is like, watched that as a young guy. He watched that. He played music for, for Saul. He was dodging Saul's spears and he was almost a victim of, of the madness of a King Gong mad. So, right. you know, verse 10 of Psalm 51, it, it you know, it, it's created me a clean heart. 
Verse 11, cast me not away from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. I just saw this with Saul, right? Right, and I want to highlight that real quick. Like of all the things that David, in this place of repentance, when he finally made his heart right, think about it. Of all the things that David didn't want taken away from him. You know, he could have said, please don't take the kingdom away. Please don't right. take the the generational kinghood that you had promised me before, you know, when yeah, you anointed me. <laughs> yeah, don't take away the throne away from David. Don't take away yeah, my don't status. take away my wealth. Yeah, my wealth. Don't right. take, like he says, oh my God, don't take your presence from me. Don't right. take your Holy Spirit from me. Man, we're talking about, you know, what Ryan said earlier, you know, like he really repented. Like he got back right like of all the things, God, you can take away anything. I could almost hear him saying, man, you can take the kingdom. You can take the throne. You can take the wealth. You can take all the gals. You can take, just don't take your presence. Right. Don't take the Holy Spirit. I mean, and this is the, this is the psalmist yes. that's writing these intimate, intimate, beautiful, powerful poems and laments and the way he would write. He, he was a man who knew God. He did know how to behold the Lord. So I, I can take away great encouragement from that because look at the way he fell. Look at even how he lived with the consequences. He still was a man after all these ups and downs, after God's own heart. Jesus still came and sat on his throne. And that's the, that's the <laughs> radical yeah. thing. Even after all of this terrible activity, it still says that Jesus was the son of David. Like God, yeah, right. I mean, that is such a <laughs> radical. Like Jesus could have been the son of Abraham. He could have been the son of Noah. He could have been the son of Adam. You know, he was the. He sat on David's throne. He's the son of David. Yeah. Even after this, that means that you know God. Is, God doesn't want to call you out just so you know that you are you are never allowed to be used by him again that your life is never going to be good again that you are now defiled you are guilty you're shameful you're a terrible kid and i'm just going to basically let you continue to breathe and that's about it like no god literally restored david back to the place where jesus came and jesus was called the son of david now that's restoration that's that is allowing God to work out all the things in us that need to be worked out. All the all the things of salvation through fear and trembling, God is able to work those out. He can bring all things together. He can work all things together for good to those that love him and are called according to his purpose. Well, and it's just like Brian was saying earlier, you know, um are you willing to face it? Are you are you willing to take accountability? You know, are you going to be responsible for your actions? You know what I mean? I mean, like, come on, man. When we mess up, like, that's the time to take account. That's the time when, like, can I face myself and what I've chosen to do when I've deviated from God's plan or purpose or design for me, you know, to, to live out, you know? And, and I think that David got it right, right? David knew, like we said, David knew God. He had spent time um, in his presence his whole life in the field, um, singing to him, um, encountering him yep. probably in more ways than we'll, we'll, yep. we'll, we, we can't even understand or comprehend. Um, but you know, David knew, right. And, and you go further down in, uh, Psalm 51 and he, and he talks about how, um, 
like God does not desire for me the bull and the oxen upon the altar. Right, like it's right. not just about me coming back and saying, "Here's an offering." Like like here's my twenty five cents in the plate. Like forgive me, I'm twenty five cents, bro. Yeah, you right? need to put yeah. more than that in there. I told you. That's why I picked him to talk about finances. Yeah, but he but he understood something. He understood the desire of God's heart. Right. He understood his desire to come before him broken. Sacrifices and and offerings thou wouldest not, but a broken yeah. and contrite, contrite heart. heart. It's a that's a powerful and, and, statement. And David goes on and like right in the middle of this, like verse twelve, he's he's restore the joy. I mean, you think about what that means when he's been agonizing in this for nine months. Well, and let me There is no joy in that agony, right? So he's like so his repentance is like Oh, you know, like when you actually do the right thing and you've been avoiding it or you've been buried by it or you've even been caught, <laughs> like that's why the truth is like very powerful. Like, right. Like, you, you know, you just want your kids to tell you the truth no matter what it is. And you want to teach them no matter what it is or how bad you might get in trouble or not. Just tell the truth. Yeah, right. So, but once that truth comes out and the reality then he's is, like, is that I need joy. <laughs> we Well, and here's the you know? like the reality of that is this is the king. Like this was probably the most powerful and most recognized person on earth. And his sin was public. It was public. Every time David walked down the streets of Jerusalem, every time David did anything kingly from this moment forward, you know, there had to be somebody in some crowd thinking, "Mm -hmm, I know about your stuff. But the thing was, David did not allow like, don't that. Live, don't live too close to the king. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> don't don't build a house next to the palace because you know what will happen. But David, don't buy Uriah's place. <laughs> David, separated, David separated himself so far from his sin and so far from the shame and the guilt of it that he ended up going and living righteously before God and righteously before his kingdom. He could have well, I mean, been, he could allow the condemnation what you're of the saying, people. You can see that unfold before your eyes in Psalm 51. David goes from like, oh God, don't take your presence from me. You know, this broken contriteness to basically like, by the end, he's like, yeah, I'm your favorite again. Right. Like, I'm, <laughs> yep. I'm, it's your boy, for real. I'm your boy, you know, yeah, I'm, it's I'm for your real. king. I'm back. Yeah. I'm back. Yeah. I'm it's back. Good. I'm right? good. Like, and that's so powerful for us to live because, <laughs> you know, we don't, we can, you know, our sin doesn't keep us from God. You know, in repentance is very powerful. When we bring it before the Lord, we let the truths be be known, and then, hey, God, I'm your favorite again. I'm I'm your boy. You know, here here I am. Let's go. And like like verse thirteen, David shifts his mindset. His repentance isn't just all about him. His mindset says, "I'll I then I'll teach transgressors your ways." That's right. I'm gonna go now. I'm gonna go teach. I'm gonna be a teacher. I'm the king, the teacher. That's right. I'm he went be, from I'm the transgressor. Be, I'm going to be teacher. a model for other men, right? I'm going to teach. Me, I'm going to live right. I'm going to make this right. God. Live upright, right? Right? Yeah, live upright. Live upright. You got a thought there? Well, I, I just, I'm, I'm just listening to you guys. I'm just thinking, um, you know, like, one, we can't let these things sideline us. We can't let our failures sideline us. You know, we've got to re-engage and re-engage and re-engage. Again, that's what the Band of Brothers is for. They'll help you re-engage. Um, get back on that horse, get back into the field, get back into the fight. Um, but again, we see another thing where where we we understand that David knew the nature of God, you know, which is so important for us. Like we, it's not enough just to know about God, to know about his principles. We need to encounter his nature on yep. a daily basis. Yep. We need to discover the nature, the characteristics of who he says he is. 
you know, and we need to encounter. It's like, it's like, it's like they say, like, if I'm never broke, how can I ever experience God as my provider? You know, if I never go through a, a, a situation where I am in need of him to provide, it's like, oh, God's my healer, but you don't want to be sick, do you? You know, and, but in, the, in those moments where we experience a sickness, we experience um, a trial, like those are the things that, that give us um, insight and revelation into the nature of God, you know, and then we get to walk, walk it out. You and, know? The- and, and, and I'll just say this real quick, that, that David knew, he understood the difference between conviction when, when, when Prophet Nathan came to him and condemnation, yep. you know, yep. and, and, and we have got to understand that principle, right? Because how often do we get, we, we just condemn ourselves. And again, we go back into that sideline, right. that, that back seat, like, man, I'm not, I'm not good enough to serve. I'm not good enough. I'll be for good me. for I'm three not, days and then um, I'll go pray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I'll be um, good for three weeks. And, but he understood his nature. He understood the goodness of God, you know, to deliver him. And he says, blot out my transgressions, right. blot out my iniquities. Yep. And he believed yeah, it. David, the worshiper, yep. David, yep. the man, the da- yeah. David, the and wrote, he I'm, knew I'm how clean. to behold I'm, the Lord. You and know? Wrote Whom scripture. shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? And wrote scripture after this wrote psalms after this wrote right. scriptures after this like we need to we need to understand it's not our sins that separate us from god uh specifically it's the condemnation associated with our sins well, and here's what it is right i think the only thing that that keeps us from redemption is our response that's true it's our response it's true like when he comes knocking at the door of my heart how will i respond right am so- i gonna run and hide or i'm gonna face it like a man and say, Father, here I am. I've sinned against you and you alone. Right. He's knocking now, at the do door of your work. heart. Do, and he's like, do your work within me. Yep, and let me yep. get back into the fight. Yeah, like, let right. me re-engage with you. Let me rule and reign with you. And I want to be a king. Like, like, he comes knocking at the door of your heart. And he's like, what's up with that 25 cents? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, this is one of those things where we can, we can kind of drill this back in for all the guys that are out there. Like, you got a choice. Like, if you're missing it right now. Or if uh, if you feel like you have missed it in the past to some degree, like it just can't be right, you can never really go on and do what you're called to do. You can never really love your wife the way you're supposed to, never really raise your family the way you're supposed to, never actually have that destiny that God has called you to. The only person that believes that is you because God doesn't believe that. God can take you from wherever you are and place you on the highest pinnacle of the call of God on your life. It all depends on what are you going to do with that condemnation? What are you going to do with that shame? What are you going to do with that that idea of self-failure? Are you going to allow those things to be turned into testimonies and go encourage other guys? Or are you going to allow those things to destroy you and push you back down into the pit? Right. And, you know, as we kind of draw this to a close here, I want to throw this out there. The very one of the last things David says, and we've talked about we talked about this earlier on about the consequences, the people that he was in charge of, and the people who saw it, the army, Joab, all this stuff. Verse 18, he says, Do good. Now it took me 15 years before I even saw this part of Psalm 51. You know, because in my earlier days, I only focused on the first 10 verses. <laughs> and then I've I'd, I'd read it and I'd be like, I don't really understand what the rest of all that means, you know. But 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 you think of like verse 18. Do good to Zion in your good pleasure and build up the walls of Jerusalem. So David, here's a man, the king, all the stuff we've talked about, massively blows it. Everyone knows it. Public. He's living with it. 
Yeah, it's in the headlines. It's on their social media feeds. It's 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 on the chatter lines. You know, everybody's talking about it. David hashtag David's it went, a jerk. It went viral throughout Zion. <laughs> and so, think about this though, for all of us on this podcast, as sons of valor. So, Psalm fifty-one is David's. He has an epic battle with Goliath, but this is the epic battle. This is the epic repentance, right? This is like the. This is this is like beautiful part of the story. And David is sitting here teaching us. I'll teach transgressors your way. He's right. teaching us even in this psalm. Hey, men, men of the 21st century, men who's going to follow Jesus, the one who's going to sit on my throne and make it a forever throne. You, you, all of you, when you fall, when you sin, don't let your repentance just be, just be inward focused. I mean, think about that. If you added this to your time of repentance, Father, be good to my family. Lord, be good to my congregation, my church. Father, be good to the region I live in, Lord. Lord, I did something that displeased you. And then in our time of repentance, remember the plural, remember the community, remember right. the bigger picture. God's not just raising up a person. He did that in Jesus, right? But he's raising up a people who he's fashioning to be like Jesus. He's fashioning us into Jesus. So that's a powerful thing uh, as we live out this thing of being sons of valor. You guys got any closing thoughts? Yeah, this uh, one of the things about David is David is one of those guys. He's he's one of those people in Scripture that you can almost find anywhere in his life at some point that there's something you can connect with. And the way David started is not the way David end. It got all muddled up in the middle, but David still ended up going on and accomplishing what God had called him to do because he was a man after. And I, I, my personal interpretation of that is that David chased the father's heart as bad as he missed it. You know, the scriptures say he was a man after God owns God's own heart. And a lot of people say that's like, well, David's heart was kind of like God's heart, but I actually believe it was a David's heart pursued the father's heart. It was a heart after God. And so as long as you're willing to pursue as long as you're willing to pursue your wife, your pursue your family, pursue your God, you will end up ending the story in an incredible way. And the I and the Father will accept you into into the into glory and say, Well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your Lord. Yeah. And we say it all the time that it's not about your perfection, right? We're not after perfection. We're not after your performance. We're after your pursuit. Yeah. Like, will you engage it? You know, um, if you're crawling at the speed, if you're moving at the speed of crawl and moving in pursuit, or you're sprinting like a, a, a mighty lion, it doesn't matter as long as you're in pursuit. But as soon as you stop, you know, as soon as you kick back and you don't go to war, that's when you're going to find yourself in trouble. Well, we want to thank you today for, for tuning in. We do uh, have have something we want to ask you to do. We, uh, we have spent a lot of time launching graceops.net, this website. It's not where we want it to be yet, but it's launched, and it's it's really a good launch. We'd like for you to check it out. We're, we are looking for like early adapters that will come into this culture and this brand and kind of you know help share it, help promote it, help at a grassroots level kind of get the word out. So we're looking for people like that that will help us. We are excited, filled with vision. 
uh, to to fill that website with awesome content. I mean, we are working on some really powerful things uh, for this fourth quarter, and they're going to roll out in the first quarter of next year. So, so please go to our website, graceops.net. We do have some gear there. As Steve was just holding up one of our hats. We're on a Facebook Live call as well here in the studio. And so we'd love for you to check out our website. Click on Five Star Charge. Learn kind of this uh, language that we crafted as Sons of Valor of how we want you to focus on your inner life. And we want you to process this Five Star Charge in a band of brothers. So thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Check out the website. Get some gear. Share this stuff. We'll see you next time.